All right. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, Tom E. Curran, Deadeye Tom E. Curran, Sharpshooter Tom E. Curran, you name it, Tom E. Curran. Tommy Kern is uh, brought to you by uh, Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Kern uh, and me. Uh, just get in touch with them at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight hold that's holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every income and call at unifiedoffice.com. Tom E. Curran. Uh, how you feel after shooting all those, making all those three pointers around with Andy and myself? What's up? Hey, kids! Uh, I'm great. I love it. I, I mean, that's probably what I would be doing in the middle of the day anyway. Sometimes on a Tuesday in the winter, I, just, I shoot all the time. I'm a hoop addict, and in the summer I'm a golf addict. So I shoot, 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 shoot. So that's the that's why I make them. I'm not good. Well, no, no. I thought you were probably easily. You said you're not good. No, I thought you were actually borderline great. I guess when when you compare to who you were going against, I thought you were great. I put together a strategy because I know I can get it out there from three. And I was like, well, if I don't move around that much, and if I see one or two go in, then I won't get rattled. So once one went in, you know how it is. Mm. I mean, how often do you get to shoot around? Your kids are all younger. My kids are like adults. I go to the gym all the time, but thank you for doing it. Seriously, it was not just for raising money for charity, but it's it's great to. It's kind of funny because there used to be there was a three on three tournament that, like, Dennis and Callahan had way back in the day. So these kinds of things, getting people together in the community and fundraising and being together, is, is a lot of fun. And we've kind of gotten away from that, and I would say post pandemic. So thanks. So speaking of fun and things we don't want to get away from, at least not me, uh, Rich Eisen. Uh, has ignited Tom Brady talk yet again coming out of the combine. Biggest rumor he heard, Tom Brady, uh, don't give up on the idea that he could go to the Dolphins. Tom, I know you are well-connected with the Brady camp. Should I give up on rumors that Tom Brady could end up with the Dolphins? See, here's how things change from a birdie told me to a rumor. Like, hmm. rumor to me feels more substantial. Like, even Dan Graziano talking from ESPN about chatter around Mac Jones. Chatter is below whispers. Ooh which is okay. certainly below rumors or people are saying. Chatter is just, I don't know, I heard somebody from across the room. And to me, a birdie told me to not be surprised. I mean, we all conclude that if Tom Brady came back, the place that he would come back would most likely be in Florida, most likely be the Miami Dolphins, given the Tua situation. So I still think it's there's an awful lot for him to iron out in his personal life. I understand that. I think he's prioritized it. He was, in many ways, blindsided last uh, summer, from what I understand. He did not expect that to happen. And he spent a lot of that time when he was away from the team at the end of training camp, basically in bed. So he's got a lot to work on before we speculate, I think, whether or not he'll be back. Like, um, wait, like, like in bed, like depressed, like, oh, like with the covers yeah. up to his chin. Like, oh, I'm so okay. sad. That type of in bed? I, I, I'm, I'm not signing off on <laughs> mocking a guy whose family broke up. Is no, I mean I'm just saying. But you said crying. It, I mean, but there was because I think originally, not just to, now. Let's just keep the gossip going. Like what I heard, the chatter that I heard, what people told me to keep an eye on was, especially when he left the Bucks. A lot of the players are like, almost oh, we're praying for him. So it made it seem like it was a lot more. Like, it was worse than we all kind of thought, but it wasn't injury-related. Yeah, which is what I'm telling you. Yeah. He was 
despondent. He did not expect it to happen. It was not something that, that he anticipated. Um, and as a result, it, you know, shattered his life in many ways. So, again, we can talk about Miami being the most likely landing spot, but still, if there's going to be a return, I still we have to put. I think we would have to put that at less than ten percent, from what I've gathered from people around him in the last month or so, but not recently, because I okay. think it's a. I think it's sealed. Okay, so as we cull through the layers of whispers, rumors, speculation, combine guys drinking at bars, saying things, I heard you saying that. <laughs> um, where do we put the the thing you referenced, the Dan Graziano? that the Raiders might have an interest in trading for Mac Jones, and would there be reciprocal interest at the right price? When I hear chatter, again, I think it's chatter means that some GM or assistant GM is sitting there on his ace truly saying, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. And, okay, well, where is where is he hearing it? He's probably hearing it from us, and we keep bringing it up based upon very little. What would it take? Would a first-round pick from the Raiders, the fourth overall, entice Bill Belichick to move on from Mac Jones. Is Anthony Richardson uh, better, for instance, than than Mac Jones in year three? To give him a better chance to give Robert Kraft what he wants, which is a playoff appearance, or Bryce Young, or any of those quarterbacks. Because in my estimation, 2022, 2020 was a reset that the Patriots expected. 2022 was a reset that they didn't expect. If they're going to say, yeah, this kid that we thought was outstanding last year, um, we screwed him up and now we want to move on from him so we can reset again, that seems like a bridge too far to me. So we're talking to Tom. Even if a first round pick was dangled. We're talking to uh, Tom Deadeye Curran. And I'll, listen, just real quickly, back to the shooting because. When you sent out your video of yourself shooting at the gym, I saw more people give you nicknames than, than ever before. For all the news and information, for all the stuff that you've broken over the years, you've, you had more comments and notifications about nicknames about how good of a shooter you were. Did you see My any brother, of those? I shoot, yeah, I do. I shoot all the time, though. <laughs> Like I, I should. But be, why I is it that everybody? But everybody so does is, Grant Williams. Yes. And he missed too when he had to have them. Yeah, the pros shoot all the time too. What's their What's their excuse? Dude, if you saw me in the Raynham Athletic Club Wednesday night league semifinals last week, Uh-oh. where I probably had more turnovers than shots taken, I had to have turned it over fifteen times. We got demolished. Oh. Apologies to my team. So it's if if you take everybody off the court and tell me to stand in the corner and shoot threes, I'm going to make a few. Uh, all right, so we're talking to Tommy Curran. And, Tom, uh, it seems like um, we're kind of in a weird dead period. Now, there's not a lot in the NFL, but it does feel like we're kind of in a dead period. Maybe that's why you get a bunch of rumors. The combine is over. Now now coaches will head out to for individual workouts, and then free agency will start, and then it'll be the draft and the way we go. Like, what's the one thing that, that that's kind of like that you're interested to see either yeah. close or happen? that's a great question. Like, what are we focusing on? What I'm focusing on right now is where are the Patriots needs and what are the free agents on the team? Who do they need to retain? And if you look, there's some sneaky spots on their roster that are really a little bit more in need than you think. For instance, tight end. Okay. They got Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's up at the end of this year and you're still into Johnny Smith for a lot of money. If you're Bill O'Brien, you are a tight end 
heavy offensive coordinator. You created the Grant Hernandez season. Um, that was under your watch. So the Patriots should be looking perhaps even first or second round at that. Safety. Jabril Peppers is up. Devin McCourty may well retire in the next few days. March 15th is uh, a deadline for an option to be picked up. So if that word comes down, the Patriots are left with Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips. Good players, but you need depth there. So that's another sneaky spot. And also defensive line, everybody expires after 2024. Judon, Barmore, um, Uche's up this year, uh, but Dietrich Wise. So those are like sneaky spots on the Patriots roster that need to be looked at in terms of filling. And I look to it, the story with Jacoby Myers, so people are pegging him as the number one wide receiver, which is understandable. And the franchise tags for a wide receiver right now is, you know, about $20 million. But if you look at valuations over the cap.com or um, spotrack.com, which you know, do some really good valuations based on a lot of different things, he's about a $12 million player, which is kind of what I have targeted not using any algorithms. So where will Jacoby Myers come in and how do the Patriots replace him? Those are things that we're going to be diving into next week when – Free agency starts. Tom, how much do you think the coaching changes of the offseason? And we know Bill O'Brien's in place. We know Adrian Clem is in place. And we know Gerard Mayo. I don't know. I don't know what we know about Gerard Mayo, but he's still here and he seems to have a voice in, in things. How much do those three guys and those three changes affect the master plan of the offseason? Ah, uh, boy. I. Whew. I think the positions that we perceive as being positions of need after last year may not be positions of need in reality. Hmm. For instance, and I keep going back and forth with my guy Phil Perry about this and, and guys like you too. You know, hmm. I, I look at wide receiver as being not a grave position of need where you need to spend that 13th or 14th overall pick there. You can but I still think that they have enough pass catchers to roll out and play football with in a Bill O'Brien offense to wring the usefulness out of these guys. I mean, between Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne um, and Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers and Tyquan Thornton, and of, of course, the Aguilar is gone this year, but the lack of targets for wide receivers, the lack of use for wide receivers was astonishing. And I think that O'Brien will be able to scheme things up to make those players more valuable. Same thing with John U. Smith. So all of those things combined, and I'm sure it'll help with the offensive line, all of those things combined make the talent in-house 15 20% better than it was last year, I think. So what is what is Bill's like main priority now? Are they just uh, are they like working on like schemes and tendencies? Are they you know self evaluating at this point in time? What what is what are they doing that isn't related to I would call it uh, you know recruiting? Call it that. Yeah, it's funny. I talked to Mike Reese, and I don't think I'm telling tales out of out of school, you know, because you know you just exchange. I said, should we be making a big deal about Bill not being at the combine? Um, he's like, you know, he goes, I just think they have too much work to do there. And the feeling probably is, and I don't know if this is informed or not. Mike's usually very well informed. He's like, you know, I think they have too much work to do. They have too much to resolve from last year and to figure out from last year and then put a plan together for what they're going to be and who they're going to be this year. So 
I would imagine that there's an awful lot of that going on. Well, on one hand, you're still sweeping up the mess that you kind of created on your own, but you're formulating who are we going to be, what are we going to be? Because this is probably the time of the year where they were saying to themselves, hey, maybe it's a great idea if we run wide zone stuff and try and run the Shanahan offense and Mm. press the ball down the field. Mm. So it's March. They started unveiling that stuff during minicamps in May. So they're into their who are we going to be on both sides of the ball period, I think. Tom, I need to uh, go back and ask you about something that we we discussed in one of these chats probably back in November or December. I was filling in for somebody at the time, and you used the phrase that Mac's um, emotions might be making an enemy of the head coach, something along those lines. Do you? Where is that relationship between the quarterback and the head coach right now? Do you think they've broken bread? Is it bygones be bygones? Like, Where do you think that relationship is? I would imagine that Mac Jones is too valuable to Bill Belichick to have a lingering level of tension and agitation between them. I would imagine, Christian, you could probably speak to this too. Bill is a straight enough shooter and plain spoken enough where I think he'd go to him and say, look, we're not going to have that same stuff last year that we did last year. And Mac will say, great, because we won't have to. Mm. <laughs> well, everybody will know what's going on. Yeah, easy. Um, hey, listen, done. Yeah, you too. Uh, you got it done. You too, yeah. Hey, I'm going to make better I'm gonna make better coaching decisions. You stop showing your emotions on your sleeve, right? That whole Even thing. Even fair? Let's yeah, go. yeah. Done, both of uh, us. So I, I think that Bill loves resets. Christian, you, you've been there. You were there during periods of time where there were guys who were pains in the ass. We've watched it where there are guys – who Bill had differences with, you know, say even Ted Johnson. Ted Johnson was a valuable player to that team, even after the dust-up that they had at the beginning of that year in 2005, um, if I have my year correct. So he will make sure that everybody is pulling their oars in the same direction. And I think, honestly, the, the thing that was most telling about whether or not he made an enemy of Bill Belichick, which I think he certainly started to piss him off, which we've heard plenty of reporting on that, was him mm-hmm. just saying, yeah, Max showed he can play in the league. Yeah. I mean, what? I'll show you. I'll yeah. give you no props whatsoever. I'll let everyone think I hate you. How about that? That that that's yeah, you're right though. I mean, that to me is the ultimate that is such an old kind of move by Bill, like his old, his first playbook he ever kind of created. Let me just kind of show you that I could give two craps about you and you're no different than the dude that kind of like mops the floor. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, and there might be a little – it'll be fascinating, absolutely fascinating to watch Bailey Zappi and how Bill talks about Bailey Zappi this season um, and in the preseason and, and during training camp. Um, because I I don't think he's ever going to win a competition, and I think that you would have Mac pretty much solidified as a starter. But I don't think Bill's going to walk around saying, yeah, he's our starter. I mean, what, what else would we do? He, All right. All right, Tommy Curran, I appreciate hey, you. you. I, Wait, What? Thanks again for today. Oh Look, yeah, thanks for great. thanks for helping out, man. You did a great job. I can't remember what your total was. I think you were maybe in third place, or I, I, I got to look back at the at the scorecard and see who actually earned the most. It was Scal, then I think it, it was Scal, Scal, then Dana, then then the nose. That's me. Ah, that. the best non NBA player in the group. Look wow. at you, impressive. I had the best strategy. You did though. No, you were good, and you you you. I think you also recognized that there was no need to rush. That's the key part. You took your time, and you were patient, and you were efficient. Like, other people freaked out, and they panicked, and they started missing more than they should. I know. Poor Mego. Mego needed to see the ball go through the hoop, and she started with free throws. Too I much know. to get dough. I know. You saw with the Grant Williams. Free throws are tough.